Hello, world. Can you hear me now? All right. This is ACO Club, ACO Association, brought to you by American Communications Online. And my name is Teresa J. Thurmond Morris, and I am here to share some of my friends that are working with me. And I am going to be happy to share that we're going to be talking with friends who know me in person today. One of those happens to be Janet Carol Lesson, and the other is Ken Johnston. And he likes to go by Ralph Kennedy Johnston Sr. for all you fans out there that know him as a former NASA employee, government contractor. And we'll be putting up quite a few articles and various websites for you to find and learn more about him. And Janet Carol Lesson has a Ascension Center with me in Hawaii, as well as Aquarian Radio out of Hawaii. So I'm happy to have her here today. And I'm going to do my best to share cosmology, inventions, and soft disclosure today. We have a very popular Facebook social media group called UFO Secret Space. And I'm very proud to uh, have people helping us with many, many groups and social media. That's just one of many. And I'm sure we've got around 40 all together. But uh, we're going to work together and share today somebody new named Dan Trent Cooper, an inventor out of California. And hopefully he's going to share with us what he's able to do. But let me get on uh, two co-hosts that I've enjoyed meeting at uh, last year, actually, in 2017 at the Mars Anomaly Conference in Mobile, Alabama. I'm coming to you from Gulf Breeze, Florida, for those of you that keep up with who, what, when, where, and why. We invite everyone every week now to share the future. And uh, Janet actually has had Dan on Aquarian Radio first. And then on Cosmos Radio Group, which we have with a mad painter known as Thomas Becker, with Revolution Radio, where Janet still does uh, Stargate to the Cosmos Night. And he does uh, uh, Open Canvas, Thomas Becker. And uh, tonight, Ken Johnston is out of New Mexico. Janet is out of Hawaii, me, Florida. And we hope we got Dan Cooper here. But let me introduce my two co-hosts. Janet is an author and a speaker, and she has been into the UFO biz for quite a while now. And I've got some pictures of her that uh, we'll be putting up more on her later from Hawaii with Dr. Alexander Sasha Lesson. Actually, Alexander Philip Lesson has a Ph.D. in anthropology and a master's in psychology. And Janet has business minded uh, background in computers and was a former uh, independent contractor, but she worked for a company just like myself and Dr. Ken Johnston, which I know him as Ken. He said, please call me Ken. And Janet says, please call me Janet. (laughs) And we kid because we're both Janets and Janet Airlines and we bring you whatever we can. But uh, we're we're really going to do our best to present ACO Association, American Communications Online, cosmology and inventions from the future, calling it soft disclosure, as many are in the live radio podcasting business in cyberspace. So without further ado, 
we're gonna. I, I asked Janet and uh, Dr. Les, Dr. Lesson. God, can you tell I'm used to that? Dr. Ken Johnston to help me out here today. So let me get Janet and then Ken. Janet Carolesson, are you back by chance? I'm here. Yes. Um, Dan is calling in to look for his number. Did you, did you okay. see him on your end? Is he a seven six zero number possibly? Seven six zero maybe. Yeah. Let me let me look. I have to look again. Oh, okay. I think so. Yeah. Hold on. But anyway, uh, he's calling in. Go ahead and introduce and yourself. You get a lot of call-ins. Um, yeah, I've been working with uh, Teresa J. Morris. Oh boy, we've known each other since probably nineteen ninety-three. <laughs> we keep running into each other across time and space and in three D reality on this planet, and we started actively reconnecting and work together, working together in 2012. We were coming into that uh, 12-21-2012, and uh, we started preparing for this new age, this ascension age. And I've been working with TJ. We do radio shows. We've been doing them for years and years and years. We probably have about a 1,000 shows recorded by now. I think uh, TJ maybe more between the two of us. And we get interviewed by different people. We interview uh, our list of people we've interviewed uh, is just growing exponentially, and we're very proud to be able to do this great big volume of work for the world. And now we're branching into um, television and YouTube and uh, going into the audiovisual. And we've been doing conferences. And TJ's over there in Florida, and I'm over here in Hawaii. And um, we meet in the middle sometimes, and we have more planned for 2019 and 2020. So we hope you join us as we um, open the portal stargates. The stargates, the cosmos, they're now the portal stargates. Anyway, we'll have to explain the difference between portals and stargates and wormholes um, maybe on the show later on. And then I live and love in uh, Maui, Hawaii, and I have a bunch of cats. I was never able to have children, so my hubby and I um, are older people. And we're, we're never going to retire. We'll just get old. And hopefully they'll be able to figure out how to regress that with our the soft disclosure and the new technologies, which already exist in the cosmos, but we're working to get these um, kind of like forced out into the public so that we can uh, profit and benefit from it rather than it going to the next generation. So we're going to be talking a little bit that, about that in this show, the um, free energy systems, and Dan Cooper is going to be presenting on that on this show. Okay, I'll pass the talking stick back to you, TJ. Okay, stand by, and uh, we'll have Dan on as soon as, uh, and I'll I'll read what we've got up here, but let me get Ken on. Ken, are you ready? Ken Johnston of New Mexico, can you hear me? I hear you loud and clear. Awesome. Thank you for coming today, Ken. I know you're a very busy man, especially here at the holiday season with Christmas. So uh, could you tell people just a little about you, the short version, because uh, we're going to hopefully get into the show in a minute. But I know I've asked you to uh, sort of introduce yourself, if you don't mind. Go ahead. Oh, oh I guess the quickest way to go is um, all the way back in 1962, for the, <clears throat> those of you young people out there, uh, when I uh, joined the United States Marine Corps, and that's where I learned to fly and became a pilot. And uh, once I left uh, NASA, in uh, 1966 and went to work at the Johnson Space Center. It was a manned spacecraft center back then. Uh, I went to work for the Grumman Aerospace Corporation that built the lunar module, and I was hired on uh, because I was a pilot and also an uh, aerospace uh, engineer to um, help test 
the lunar modules in the vacuum chambers and be sure everything worked well and then help train the NASA astronauts so they get flat. Well, anyway, so that background, it uh, was a, a great opportunity to get to work with all the NASA astronauts and be close to some of the things that were going on behind the scenes and some of the things that I'm just now coming forward with. And I'd kept secrets for all these years and finally just gave up on the government and the people that are supposed to know. Um, so put it out there. Now you can do your own research and find out because I put copies of all my archives and things uh, with the Roswell, New Mexico UFO Museum and Research Center. So that kind of brings you up to date. I guess, um, uh, I don't know if there's much more to say. When you get you got questions, we'll answer questions as we go. Thank you, Ken. That was excellent. Yeah, that's the short version, folks. When you've lived as long as we have, we have long versions. <laughs> but we've got a lot of experience, but we're going to try to pull together a great team here. And I'm real excited about Dan Trent Cooper, inventor of California, and to introduce, uh, well, I'm going to learn about him too, folks, with the TG Marcy T radio supporters that have been supporting all of us since 2012, June 6, 2012, when we began teaching RCT Radio, when we presented to you all our ideas for Stargate to the Cosmos, which Janet Carolusson herself actually produced that this year. And Ken Johnston, right here, yours truly with me, is uh, one of the main speakers there. We're very proud of that, and you can probably find those in the future. Janet's working on getting the uh, video up, uh, hopefully in 2019 for everybody. But in the meantime, you can listen to this recording here for historical purposes. Right now, in 2018 tonight, it'll probably be right up on YouTube. So we appreciate everybody that's supporting all of our listeners on iTunes and Spreaker and Stitcher and FM radio and, uh, of course, Google and uh, YouTube. And now I've put it up on Facebook. I punched that. And also Twitter. So thank you, Twitter. So now, without further ado, let me get Dan T. Cooper, inventor, with 20 years as a paralegal. And he's going to help me with global patents and zero-point energy. And he retired at 62. And he's now 65 years old with a lot of ideas and inventions. So uh, he knows more about the zero-point energy. But he explained to me that he has uh, the ability to uncomplicate things, you know. And it was Einstein that said if you, if you can't say it simply, you don't know it well enough. So we're going to see if he can stand up to a sixth-grade understanding for us. Uh, he assured me that he could. So I'm hoping he doesn't bedazzle us with this because zero-point energy is one of those great things that we've all heard about probably if you're into the uh, cosmology, metaphysics, uh, being in the New Age especially. But uh, you see a lot of shows, uh, ancient aliens, things like that. But this is uh, radio and how we see it, so please pay attention. Okay, Dan T. Cooper, you're live and on the air with TJ, Ken, and Janet. How are you today? I'm good. Are we connected? We are. We're right on. Believe it or not, you are live and on the air, sir. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> good. You want to hear Janet's voice? You're really live now. The world is going to hear you, and it's going to be all those places I just told you. So you'll be able to hear yourself in a little while. So tell us hi, about Dan. yourself, Dan. Yeah, say hi to Janet and Ken. Hi, hi Janet. Dan. Uh, say hi to Ken. Hey, Ken. Ken, say hi to Dan. 
Dan will be uh, checking us if we've crossed paths in this uh, fascinating ex- experience of time. I don't know. I, I mean, I don't think so. <laughs> That's okay. That's, that's okay. That's okay. Now, I got you on that one. Huh? You, okay. Yeah. So we're willing to uh, open up and listen and be friends and uh, tell us about your history, Dan. We all are the author of our own life story. Janet apparently has already heard it at least a couple of times. Oh, well, uh, the re- most recently, because I'm an inventor and I invent um, free energy generators, motors, and engines, not just generators of electricity, but also free energy motors. I'll explain what free energy is in a second. And uh, free energy engines, they're different. They have different uses and different purposes, so I'll explain all that, um, not, not just right now. But but um, that aspect of my life didn't start till 2005 when I invented my first free energy generator of electricity. And, but I was uh, still working as a paralegal, still raising children, so I couldn't really divert my time into full-time um, development of free energy systems until I retired at 62. And then I started full-time doing that. And, and I'm on my sixth patent. I just filed my sixth patent on December 9th. And I just got confirmation today um, from the U.S. Patent Office that that's good worldwide. And that's a very important confirmation, the one that says that it's good worldwide. And, Congratulations. Um, Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Please go on. That's exciting. It, anyway, so uh, the, 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 the history that you're interested in was that history, the, my inventor history. Yes. But if there's other aspects, I mean, I worked, at, I worked in law most of, my, uh, um, most of my professional career. I worked in law as a paralegal. So that's a different that's a completely different history, but it gives me a major leg up in the uh physics and electrical engineering arena because I'm able to write my own patents at a very high level. Most most inventors they have to try to explain it to attorneys and then the attorneys have to try to translate that into a patent and they don't have the technical experience to be able to uh correctly relate what the inventors tell them. I don't have to do that. I'm one and the same person. I write my own patents. Amazing. Anyway, That's wonderful. So you're the only one we know. Want, I don't know. Yeah. No, we love the the author of your own life story in 3D. So we love to bring it down where people can hear you and know that you're a real person, Dan. And, yeah. Uh, now, do you go by Daniel or Dan? What's your preference? Dan. No, Dan, Dan, Dan Cooper. I just go short, Dan Cooper. Um, I'm, uh, everybody used to call me Danny when I was a kid, you know, but I always hated that because I don't know why I hated it. it fine, you know, it'd be called Danny, but Danny's short and it's easy. Um, This is a very interesting time in in history during, you know, in disclosure, the the powers that be, the interplanetary corporate conglomerate, what most people will be calling the secret space program, eventually evolved into the interplanetary corporate conglomerate, which is what they like to call themselves. Uh, This is a very interesting time. They don't don't really want to release uh, hard evidence of the existence of aliens or the existence of their level of technology or their travels throughout the galaxy. They don't want to release any of the hard evidence to that aspect. They're just, they're just allowing soft evidence release, which is really not provable. But they are formally releasing hard evidence of free energy systems, for real. 
That's so exciting about this particular time because because that's really the first secret space program uh, evidence, hard evidence, real, irrefutable, take it to court, absolute hard evidence of the existence of uh, all that other stuff that that's being presented in soft disclosure. The hard disclosure is starting with the release of free energy systems, and that and that began in November of 2017 with the release of the. Uh, NASA's peer review, can you love that one? NASA's peer review of the M drive, E-M-D-R-I-V-E. Shire's invention, he filed in 1999. He got the patent on in August 2017 from the British government. And uh, and then, then, then the United States, uh, NASA released their peer review, uh, which they had completed back in September 2016, but they didn't actually release it until uh, um, November of 2017. NASA's peer review of the M drive. So I actually will dumb it down for you. It's nice that you go and read the article, see all that calculus, and read through it. It'll confuse you greatly. But I will explain how it works in very simple terms. Go for it. Great. <laughs> yeah. <we know. laughs> yeah. That's a very significant yeah. moment in history because what the United States is doing, the United States government is doing, is they're basically saying, you know, this is now released. You know, free energy systems are now released. Uh, to the public, they're real. Here's the mathematical uh, proof of it, and uh, you know you can expect these systems uh, to be coming out. And since I'm an inventor in these systems, I can explain what to expect and anticipate uh, to be released over the next, uh, you know, between uh, now and the next uh, 10 years. I know what's going to be released. I'm inventing a lot of it, so I know what's going to be released. I've been following the other inventors, which you have to do when you're patenting. You have to make sure no one else has patented what you're trying to patent, or you can't get a patent on. Amazing. Yeah, was, uh, You're a lot like Einstein. Go ahead, Ken. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, um, of course, I left NASA back in uh, 1980. So um, the experience I had back then is that it was pretty hard to get them to come across and um, review anything uh, that came from outside of uh, the sacred hollows of, of NASA. Yeah. But then yeah. now yeah. I, I. Everything. Go yeah. Everything was secret, Ken, yes. That's it was back then, I suppose, and I'm sure it is now because I'm, I've had to deal with coming uh, forward with all the information material that I've kept secret for all these years. And of course, when you have you have those uh, clearances, you've got to maintain those until uh, you get to the point that uh, it's it's beyond your ability to keep things any any longer. But that's fascinating. Uh, what about uh, did you get the any information uh, looking at Tesla's? What information you get from uh, Tesla's research and the, the uh, zero point energy that he was creating way back when before they before they impounded it and took it away from him. Were you able to get some of that information? Well, yes. I have a lot of Tesla's information. I've done a lot of research and uh and I have all of Tesla's information. I know what that I know what they released officially on Tesla uh and what they haven't released officially on Tesla. I know of and I know of his work and I can describe his work. Oh. Were you able yes, to yes, uh, yes, yes. Actually, able to get a hold of some of his original um, research and the papers and documentation. Because I, I understand that when they came in, they they just took everything away, and uh, so that the the conglomerate of the oil moguls in the world that uh, control the power. Well, they basically subsumed him into the secret space program, uh, and that's where he worked um, from 1929 all the way to up to his death. When was that in forty something or fifty? You know, fifty something, wasn't it? When he died, 
Anyway, he worked in the secret space program. He he, he got pulled into the secret space program in, in 1929. He worked for the United States military at the highest level, and uh, they did a lot of work together. Worked on a lot of yeah, very interesting things. I know what they I know what he worked on because I've 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 uh, I worked in those fields, so I know exactly what he worked on. I'm still playing uh, playing catch up because um, what. When I was uh, involved with with the NASA and the rest of them at the time, it, you know, none of the information was coming out. And now there's so many people that uh, have kind of done the same thing I did with regards to did we did we find any evidence of uh, extraterrestrials on the moon or on Mars or what have you? All those things are now coming out, but now inference information on zero point energy and stuff like that. I, I haven't had the opportunity to research that very much, but now I can tell. I'm yeah. I live out in the country. I'm about ready to use one of your devices on my farm. Yeah, that that's officially well. I have it. They're not manufacturing them yet. That, well, they are. They are manufacturing their, uh, but they're not. They're they're not very powerful ones yet. They are manufacturing. They Beacon Power manufactures Flywheel uh, over Unity free energy generators, which have a, a four CLP of four, basically one watt in, four watts out, three watts over Unity, uh, and that's the Flywheel generators they have on the grid out in Pennsylvania, and then they're. Uh, uh, Beacon Energy is now putting uh, several of those up in the East Coast, large ones, the large grid-sized ones. And so those are in existence. And then there is the buoyancy kinetic generators of originally Guy Energy. and They sold out to Roche Energy, I believe it is. And, and they're in 10 different countries now, and they're making 50 megawatt generators. So these are out. They're just not, they're not nearly as powerful as the ones I have developed. So I know what's coming out because I know because I because I I'm patenting the next generation of these generators, but they were officially released by the United States officially in November of 2017 in the article NASA's peer review of the M drive E M D R I V E. It's out. It's official. It's amazing that uh, it wouldn't have been the, the number one item on the news and everywhere around it. Everybody had know about it, but um, it's still. Kind of keep it silent and muffled down, and I'd say the average person on the street, or even listening in tonight, were not even aware because they kept it. Well, secret. they're not. They're still having their. They're still having issues with China because uh, they had thought they had an agreement with China as far as how the um, how the development would go, and they don't. And so, you know, there's been a little hiccups here and there, so they're not really saying too much. I mean, nobody's getting out on the news and saying, look, you know, NASA released the information. It's official now for energy is going to be released. They're not really saying that because uh, they don't quite know how it's going to go. I know how I know how it's going to go because of people who are con- coming to me and saying, well, can you make this, can you make that? And so I know I know how it's going to go. But they're still having this problem with they haven't got a hard agreement with China. We'll see that. We'll see how that goes. I mean, don't, they don't have a reliable agreement with China yet. As far as the development, how they're going to coordinate the how they're going to coordinate the release of these generators. That's usually to be expected when you're getting a agreements with, with China. You really yeah, well, China stuff. wants to own it all. The United States wants to own it all. And they're not coming together. I'm I might be involved in negotiations. We'll see. I don't know. I'm a, you're, I'm a small person, so you know. <laughs> We'll what was your Dan? What was your inspiration for your version of the, this technology? Where did you come up with this idea? 
South State, uh, oh, let's see. Well, uh, I started researching to the patent library, and I ran across um, – I started looking at solid-state ways of doing it. I realized that you didn't have to actually move something physically in order to get a coil to go past a magnet. If you move a coil past a magnet, it generates electricity in the coil. Uh, it's called induction. When you when you move it, when you physically move a coil past a, a permanent magnet, or you physically move a permanent magnet across a coil, it induces an electric current in the coil. And, and that's how all generators work. The wind generators, you know, they're running coils past magnets. And uh, and that's how electricity is really generated, um, um, hydroelectric and all that. That's where we get most of our electric generation is in that moving a coil, a coil of wire, um, magnetic wire past a permanent magnet. Uh, but it, you don't have to physically move something in order to get that to happen. You, if you can, if you can without physical movement merely move the magnetic waves then nothing has to move physically. And so I started going in that direction, and I started going through the patent library to see if anybody had patented that, and I pulled down hundreds of patents that uh, go way back into the 20s, actually, and then I pulled down Tesla's original work as much as I could find. None of the none of the complete patents are there, just pieces are left. All, they, all Tesla's patents were retyped in the 50s, and everything that's important was kept out. But there's still enough, there was still enough here and there I could pick up on Tesla's work and uh, a number of other, about a hundred other inventors in what we call solid state magnetic energy, free energy generators with magnetic energy. And uh, and then from reviewing those patents and studying those patents in depth, I was able to come up, I was able to um, solve their problems. They, they each have problems. Each of the ones of the patents I reviewed have uh, inherent problems that make them very short-lived. It's a lot like Edison with the light bulb. He actually, uh, there were actually mm-hmm. like almost a thousand inventors that that he had gotten their light bulbs from, uh, but they just wouldn't last anything longer than a few minutes. And Edison Edison's group actually figured out how to make it last, you know, a hundred hours, as opposed to a few minutes, and then they went from there. So, you know, there are a lot of free energy generators that have been patented. They just don't last very long. You want your objective is to get it to last thirty years, which is the um, the life expectancy of a transformer, which is a solid-state device. Uh, uh, most solid-state devices, are they have 30-year uh, guarantees. They'll last 30 years. That's what you want. You want a, mag- you want a magnetic, energy free- magnetic energy-powered free energy generator that will last 30 years. That's what you want. You also want it to be low in price. That was one of the other objectives I had, is a lot of people were uh, coming up with very expensive ways of, Oh, solving the problem, and that that doesn't really work either because that won't be uh, coal-fired energy generators, which are at five cents a kilowatt hour. You have to you have to be far below five cents a kilowatt hour in order to make it pencil. No one's going to buy it unless it's far lower than five cents a kilowatt hour. So I had a lot of problems to solve. It took me a few years to it worked out, but I did. Now, have, did you do any um, research into uh, we get into uh, UFOs and what might power them as far as uh, intergalactic? Energy and is I discovered, I discovered the sixth force and the seventh force. I independently derived those two forces, and those two forces are still not going to be released by the United States military. So, he, I mean, I can tell you what's been publicly released by Lockheed Martin. I can show you what's been publicly released by Lockheed Martin. I can show you the two patents that Nikola Tesla uh, put up in 27 and then were awarded 28 using the sixth force. I can show you. Uh, Lockheed Martin's uh, disclosure of the seventh force. These are different kinds of energy. Magnetic energy is very different from electrical energy, 
And the sixth force, which is a different form of energy than magnetic energy, uh, is very different. And that, that actually allows for warp one, and that's what Tesla patented in 1927. The first warp one engine was patented by Tesla in 1927, and it was awarded to him in 1928. And those patents are in the library, although the details of how they work were, were removed. But the patents are in the library, and I'll show you those two patents, and I'll describe you. I can only describe you what um, the United States military is releasing publicly. I, can, I can't go further than that. I can't give you the... Um, the, the actual um, how it works, because that's still a military secret, and I'm not allowed to do that. But I am allowed to show you what what the United States military is releasing to the public on the sixth force and the seventh force. So that Lockheed Martin has been releasing information on the seventh force through uh, to the Stars Academy of Arts and Sciences. Yeah, are you still connected with the military? Are you? No, no, I've never been. No, no, I'm, I, I don't. No, I don't work in the military, and, and never have uh, in this lifetime. On this timeline, I have not worked in the military. That's another timeline, another okay. place. <laughs> you're you're talking about my 20s back years, right? When I was in the military. Okay, yeah, that's a different. That's completely something different. On this timeline, I never worked in the military. When you do a 20 and back in the military, you're not required to serve in this lifetime. In fact, they actually discourage it. Like you already put in your 20, you don't. You know, you don't need to put in another. <laughs> That's okay. Right. Go ahead. How is this uh, technology going to affect us, humanity? Like, what are uh, the ramifications well, of this coming out? Are we going to be allowed to use a Q thruster? Are we going to be allowed to use a Q thruster? Do you think? No, they're not going to give you. They're not going to give you warp one engines. Uh, they're going to give. Okay. No, they're not going to give you warp one engines. Not for a while. That's right. not for a while. You're not going to get. We're not going to be zooming around in warp one. They're not going to allow that because they have agreements with the uh, super federation of aliens, the 60 aliens that run the super federation. Uh, they have agreements with them that not to permit everybody and their brothers, so all seven billion people running around the solar system with warp one engines. They're not going to allow that. Not for a while. So who's going to get? Who's going to get that technology? We have the secret the warp space one program there. They're already operating on that level and above, right? Correct? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They have all that. They have, you know, they all everything in Star Trek was real. It's all real. And it is real. Transformers, They're still using replicators, it. warp 10, en- well, it was actually warp 9.8 engines. Uh, all that stuff's real. It's all real. Mm-hmm. The United States has had it for a while. They had their first, the United States had their first warp 1 ships in 1952. Real, real reliable warp 1 ships. Well, do you know on the time on this timeline, Dan, uh, with Tesla, you you mentioned he died forty three, and you know that's when a lot of the uh, well, our social security numbers, and you know forty seven CIA, all that. So, can you tell me how how do we fill in from forty three to where you you know there's some time missing? Can you fill it in? Forty three to fifty on this timeline. Well, okay. Whatever you're willing well, to fill in. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, because I can tell you the whole. I can tell you a lot of the history. Uh, first of all, Nikola Tesla, when he when he filed his patents in 27 using the sixth force. Oh, it's better if I describe shortly what the sixth force. The sixth force is a different form of energy, and 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 just like two magnets of the same pole repel each other, you try to push them together and repel each other. Sixth force is a different form of energy, and when you fire it up, when you fire up the sixth force, it repels gravity 
at 99% the speed of light. So if you have enough of it in a ship, you have a warp one engine. Are you with me? Hello? Yes. I'm okay. listening. That was just um, some time. There was something in the background. I don't know where it's coming from. Okay, so he patented that in 27, and then he publicized his patent throughout the world because he was trying to sell it, and the United States wouldn't buy it from him. Westinghouse says, we can't put a meter on that, and they wouldn't buy the six forts from Tesla. So Tesla went and he advertised it uh, to every major country in the world. And guess who bought the patent? Guess who bought the patent from him in 1929? Take a big guess. Hello? Go ahead, somebody. I know the answer, but I'm going to read the guess. Go ahead, take a guess. Who bought the patent from him in 1929? Ken, who bought the patent? What's got a major do do with the United States? Who bought the patent from Tesla in 1929 for the Warp 1 engine? They're not guessing. You'll have to tell them. Or else they're not Nazi Germany bought the patent. Nazi Germany bought the patent. So Nazi Germany had the first Warp 1 ships. They were the first ones to the moon. They were the first ones to Mars. They were the first ones to negotiate with different aliens because they had the Warp 1 engine. Right. They're the, they're the ones that flew over Los Angeles in uh, the um, February of 1942, Battle. called the Battle of Los Angeles. That was a Nazi ship. And why did they do that? I think you told me you explained that to me. Why did oh, they? Oh, well, they were they were basically trying to they were basically trying to get the Americans to surrender at that time. Uh, the Americans didn't want to surrender at that time. Now, of course, the Nazis didn't have enough of these um, spaceships. To, to do anything militarily, and I think the United States knew that, but they were pretty frustrated over the fact that, that the Nazis had work on ships that Nikola Tesla sold them. <laughs> They're pretty upset about wow. that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. I don't know. Are you guys yeah. still on, TJ and yeah. Ken? Yeah, Ken. Ken. Can, can, no, I, I thought I lost Ken. I was hearing a lot of noise buzzing back and forth. So are you back with us, Ken? It was... On and off. No, I, Are you okay? Did we, did we lose Ken? I, did we lose Ken? I'm here. I'm here. No, he's there. I can hear him. Okay. Okay. So, uh, well, that was that was the first Warp, warp One engine. I think that was what you wanted to know the history of the development of the Warp One engine. Um, eventually, we came to the war didn't really end in 1945. It ended in 1952 with the treaty with a truce between the United States and Nazi Germany. Uh, there are two. There are two Germanys. There's Germany and there's Nazi Germany. They're not the same. And um, then there was a truce in '52, and the Nazis gave the United States three ships as part of the truce to study. We didn't just study the Roswell crafts in '47. We also had the Nazi crafts, with, and their engineers to actually explain how they work and to show them how they worked. And the the first joint mission to Mars with the United States with the Nazi Germans were in 1934. The Nazi Germans actually took uh, astronauts with them in 1934 to Mars to show the United States what they had. It only pissed them off um, with the war anyway, uh, for good reason. You know, the Nazis were a little maniacal. They wanted to take over everybody, and the, genetic, the whole genetic uh, purity thing was a little too much for us. Still is. Anyway... Um, so we came to a truce in 52. We actually have a treaty with the Nazis in 57. So the Nazis didn't lose the war. Sorry, it didn't happen that way. What happened between 45 and 52? 45 was the public 
Well, that's when we were hunting the Nazis. We were hunting down their secret bases in Antarctica and in Brazil. But we still we didn't have the weapons to to defeat them. We couldn't oust them from their secret base, and that was the problem. We knew we were going to have to negotiate with them because we couldn't oust them from their secret military bases in Brazil and Antarctica. We couldn't get them out. We could. They didn't, we didn't have the technology to defeat them. We couldn't remove them from their bases. So we knew they were eventually going to build up enough weapons to come back and engage us again. Then, then we decided, you know what, we need to get along with them. Remember they did the flyover in 52? The flyover yeah, 52, in B.C.? Right. Yeah, well, that's real. Those are, real Nazi, those are Nazi ships. Those aren't aliens. Those are Nazi ships. Right. So, we, so the 145 was with, was with Germany, not with Nazi Germany. Like right. The, 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 the military commander that, the military commander that surrendered, the, that signed the surrender with Eisenhower was not in charge of the Nazi units. He said, I, I, mm-hmm. I can't surrender Nazi units. I can't even surrender. He wasn't even officially able to surrender. Eisenhower wouldn't even meet with him. He didn't even go in the same room with him. He was just one general that, that signed over his units. That was all it was. There was no real surrender in 45. You didn't read the transcript. You can see. Yeah. Eisenhower did go in the room with him for a good reason. He wasn't. He had no authority. So in 1948, when Eisenhower made a a treaty, um, the question was, um, when the craft landed at the airport and Eisenhower made made his treaty with him, who did he make the treaty with? Right. Who was that? Well, you're talking about you're talking about Eisenhower in '56 making treaties with with the Greys and with the Tall Whites and and the different uh, aliens. From the uh, right. Super yeah. Federation. Did the so Nazis have something different? Right? You get, you're getting mixed up between Nazis and aliens. <laughs> no, I get, you're I get mixed we're just up. talking <laughs> treaties. We're just talking treaties. <laughs> okay, that's the 56 treaty. The 56 treaty was with the Super Federation. The Super Federation consists of 60 advanced species throughout our galaxy. There are 3,000 uh, star-faring species in our galaxy, other than us. Uh, and 60 of them actually rule the galaxy, and that's the Super Federation. 40 of them are humanoid, 20 of them are non-humanoid, aquatics and reptilians and insectoids. Um, and then he negotiated a treaty in 56 with the Super Federation. That's in 56. Now, that's different from the Nazis. What was done in 57 was with the Nazis. So... Um... TJ, are you willing to share with Dan your version of the Roswell crashes or crash or delivery or whatever you want to – are you willing to share that with Dan and our listeners? Are you talking to me? TJ. Oh, okay. Good. Teresa, are you there? Uh, Apparently, I just All right. Teresa. There she is. Teresa. <laughs> okay. okay, she disappeared. Anyway, um, okay, back to our history. So this is I. This is the alternative history that I like to talk about. That I like to get out there. Um, the real because this will free humanity. Yeah. The real history, really history. right? Yeah. Uh, Dana, you do you have this um, already written in the documents or published or where it's available or? Uh, you know, we can have everybody start getting brought up to speed so we understand what has happened in the past and where uh, we're at and where oh, we're well, No, see, see, other people are doing that. I, I'm an inventor. 
I file. I I work all day and, and invent and file patents. I'm not involved in that aspect. You should talk oh, to the, I, my favorite my favorite person for relating to history. Actually, I like Corey too, even though he's jumping bad lately, and a lot of people are upset with him. But he has a really good a real good. Um, he renders the history of the United States very well. So does so does Randy uh, Kramer. Both of those you should go to them. They have they've got it down. I don't know about Wilcox. I haven't followed his rendition, but a lot of the people who are who've been involved in the disclosure movement, they have a good rendition of the history. You don't need mine. Although no, they don't. They don't know the technology development like I do because because I've been right. spending. They, yeah, they don't know that aspect—the history of the technology. I I have the technology down because I am a physicist and an inventor. That's that's my advantage. No, I haven't written the book on that. Somebody's going to make I'll, me write a book I'll on help that. You if I, you I, need I, help. I got that one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah and I'll help you if you need help to, to document them. this because this is important to do before we're all dead. <laughs> uh, it's to document what yeah. you're 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 very. But I'll help you do that. I I just well, I, you know I'm. I'm, I'm I, the history is really cool, but let's you know the history is happening right before you. I mean, the most significant right. thing in the history states happened in November 2017. NASA released a peer review of the M drive, and what that means, I'm going to tell you what that means. I'm going to show you how it works in sixth grade level. When did they level. release that? What was the date they released that? I'm trying to find that. Uh, the actual date, I don't know. You pull it down, you'll see it says September 2016, but it was actually not really released until November, mid-November of 20. 17. Even though the even though okay. the article, the September date, 2016, that really was the day. Okay. Yeah, I saw one from uh, 2016, so I was thinking it was more recent, but that's the right one. Okay, I have that. Okay, so but, but history is happening that, now. Supposed to be released. The Obama administration ordered it, rele- ordered it released in September of 2016, and then it got blocked. It wasn't officially oh, actually released. It to got the world blocked in 2016. November 14th. It wasn't officially released till November 14th of 2017, and that was because the British awarded Shire the patent in August of 2017. So the British kind of forced the release. So did a bunch of other things. It was a whole bunch of events that forced the real official release. But that's history in the making. We're we're making it today. History's happening. It's happening. This is the biggest, the biggest thing in in the world, as far as I'm concerned, is the release of that, of that peer review. <laughs> that's well, that's you're talking about. That's not soft disclosure. Well, that's hard disclosure. That's hard disclosure. Who who released it first? NASA, NASA talked about NASA. it in 2016, but Popular Mechanics. What about? They talked about it, but I mean, officially, you know for sure, because January was when uh, the, I think it was Popular Mechanics. Yeah, Popular Mechanics that's, that's uh, let, let out about right. the EM drive. That's, that's correct. They published, they published the article in January, but it wasn't officially released. Free energy was not officially recognized by the United States government until November 2017, and NASA did it. You're talking about all right. So NASA real, will get the credit real for that. Real hard disclosure, like it's real. Free energy is real, folks. NASA came out and said so. That's big. That's hard that disclosure. I, I almost I call it. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to do a PowerPoint and show you all how it works. It's very simple, sixth grader level. When will so you release that? Can't wait. 
<laughs> we're gonna get that out the next month or so. We're gonna be doing all this right. releasing this information. We we got we got to get through the holidays probably and all right. that. Well, it's it, but, open access. Right. They have open access, folks. Uh, with uh, meaning open source, our Creative Commons license on papers, and I and and that's what you're referring to, right? It's open to the public. It's they had a peer review paper, measurements of impulsive thrust from a closed radio frequency cavity and vacuum, and right. that was uh, the Journal of Propulsion and Power. And it right. was so December. That actually, that was actually that was actually held back and wasn't really released out to the public until November of 2017. It still got held back, even though it has that date when they completed it. It still was not open to the public until November of 2017 which was a month or two after the Great Britain had awarded Shire the patent, which he filed for in 1999. So he didn't get the patent for, what, 18 years later? They had him under a secrecy act for 18 years, that poor guy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, who gets credit? Because Eagle Networks had gotten, says it got their fans on the EM drive. Uh, we'll have to do some research on since you're into the patents, who gets the who has the patent on the M drive? The Chinese got their hands on it, and then they recreated it, and they built it, and they flew it out in space and tested it in August of 2014. You remember the Chinese went to the moon in December of 2013, December 13, mm-hmm. 2013. They went to the well, moon. We were already mining. We were already mining for years, all the different, weren't they? I mean, I had information that everything was being mined on the moon because we couldn't get our hands on a lot of the uh, material from space. And even back when uh, Lazar was working, we only had a very minimal amount. Of course, he was talking about stuff we didn't have yet, right? He just had a minimal amount, and my husband worked on that. But he told me that the, uh, we'll just say the ETs weren't allowing us to have certain information. Are you talking about the mining of the elements that are not on our element chart, chart of elements? Yeah. You're talking about the elements? Yeah, okay. you got to tell them what what they're mining, you know. (laughs) Well, yeah, but, you know, it, it it became on the element charts, about three or four of them, after they let after Bob Lazar let us know, I thought it was over with back then, 87 or 89. I think it was 89. And it's I really did. I thought it was over. I thought, okay, yeah. it's all over with. Yeah. Now we're going to move new, forward. And, but it didn't happen. Yeah, new elements. Yeah. The new elements. No, they never released the elements. And they're not releasing information on the elements either, even though a lot of us know that they're there. You know, they're still not releasing the elements. We can't work with them. Private labs can't work with those elements, and we can't get them. And we, anyway, we can't even get articles on them. But that's okay. You know, I don't work with those elements. I work with standard stuff off the shelf. All of my generators are uh, made with standard off-the-shelf components. That's what I told you. I, well, let's I, get into the details real quick for you told us you could tell us, right? You, you're working on switches with the water to replace oil, something of that nature. Can you refer to any of that? Working with your oh, switch? Oh, oh, oh you're Are talking you? about the OPEC countries, the Arab, the, Arab, the OPEC countries. They, they, you know, the United States went to them and said, guess what, free energy is coming out and oil is going to go away and, you know, we need to... Uh, we need you guys not to be too upset about that. And then they were like, well, what do you mean not upset about that? I mean, you're not going to buy our oil anymore. 
buy our oil anymore? And they go, well, no, because we don't need oil anymore because free energy is free. You know, a magnetic, you know, it just comes right. Uh, a free energy generator doesn't use, it doesn't combust anything. It doesn't It doesn't burn anything. It doesn't store electricity. It's not a battery. It, it's energy that comes right from the vacuum of, of right through the vacuum of the fabric of space. It comes right out of the fabric. Magnetic energy is that. We just harvest magnetic energy that comes through the fabric of space, and we amplify the effect. Um, well, uh, Tesla amplified it 25,000 times. My generators are 24,000 over Unity. So I know what Tesla did because I reinvented that. So I know what's possible with magnetic energy. You're talking about one. With a COP at 24,000, um, you're talking about the a generator the size of a shoebox can power a house for 30 years straight, nonstop. Nothing. It doesn't require any gas or any coal. It doesn't consume anything. It draws energy from the vacuum of space, from the fabric of space. But it's magnetic. Well, do they want to tell people about how it works? You know, because my <laughs> oh darn it, my do, my have to mute me. Hush, Coco. Sorry, that has to be part of my thing. My dog. And we don't have any cats, but occasionally she thinks there is. But anyway, so yes. can yes. you talk yes. about? We do, we do that. You know, between we do that. Between what I'm going on with the elements for those that are laymen, and uh, if you know what I mean, off of the charts that we're putting on the charts but in the meantime <laughs> since we don't have them on the planet anyway <laughs> and we're mining the moon and uh i mean there's there's so many key factors here but uh putting it all together let me let me put it that way uh your equipment that we're going to possibly use your patents in the future for as an independent contractor and you're being uh, spoken to is there a possibility that you can uh, explain how you can take ocean water and clean it up and trade water for oil? Because I told them in the last couple of years that water was going to be the new oil. So can you explain that, how you trade for that? Yes, yes. So, uh, okay, okay, said, okay, go ahead. so oil is going away, and you're asking us to step, you know, not, not you know, be upset about that. So we need you to give us water because we want to become an agricultural concern, and we also want all of the elements out of seawater. We don't just want water, clean water, in order to grow things on, on our on our deserts because we got lots of sun and we got lots of oil. Oil is used for fertilizer, by the way. Uh, they're going to use their oil for fertilizer because they're no longer going to be used for uh, running engines anymore. We're not going to be combusting uh, um, oil anymore. Uh, so we're going to be using it for fertilizer. They say, "Oh, we got we got oil. We're going to use it for fertilizer. We got lots. We got lots of sun. We don't have water. We need a lot of water." We said, "Well, how much water do you want?" We actually had to ask them how much water they wanted. They said, "We said, well, they we need at least 200 million acre feet. Million acre feet is a lot of water, folks. That's a real lot of water every year. They want two, 200 to 300 million acre feet a year in water. Desalination, which means we have to take it out of the ocean and separate it out." They're willing to pay five cents a gallon for it, but the fact of the matter is it doesn't require because the, all the elements that you take out of the sea are worth a lot more than five cents. You know, I, they don't even need to pay us five cents. If we take the elements, we would make a fortune because uh, we can t- because the, the sea, the ocean has all the elements, <clears throat> all the precious right. metals and everything. So we don't either, we don't even need their five cents a gallon. They say, wait a second, we want the elements. You get five cents a gallon. I go, oh no, no. So we're in negotiations on that. But no one has been able to fill the contract. So they came to me and said, well, can you, can you fill the contract? I said, well, yeah, I know how to fill the contract. And I had to actually uh, do a whole presentation to one of their chief engineers 
uh, and prove it to them, which I did. And so they're they're convinced that I know how to fill the contract. Uh, so it's a very exciting time for me to be able to fill that contract. Uh, basically, we 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 disassociate. We can disassociate water. Uh, Westinghouse Plasma was the first one that did that. They don't use it. They don't use the disassociation technology. It's called plasma gasification. They don't use plasma gasification to separate seawater uh, because it doesn't pencil for them. And that's okay. It, it, it pencils when you do it my way. But that's neither here nor there. Point is, is that uh, disassociation technology has been around for about 10 years. Plasma. Westinghouse Plasma has plants all over the world where they disassociate garbage and turn it into 50 megawatt electric generation plants. So disassociation, gasification, plasma gasification is not new. The way I do it is new, um, but it only works when you have a free energy generator to run the system. It doesn't pencil unless you have a free energy generator generator run system. So essentially you disassociate water into a separate element, and so water is H2O, one two hydrogen molecules, one oxygen molecule, and you separate it into two gases, hydrogen and oxygen, and no one's been able to put the two back together um, as fast as you separate. We can separate seawater. Everybody knows that. Lots of people know how to separate seawater very quickly using plasma gasification. There are various people who have, who have uh, patents on that, but they don't know how to put the two gases back together as quickly as they separate that's always been the uh, the trick, the, the problem, and I solved that problem. And so I'm working on that patent now. Uh, believe it or not, it was actually NASA can NASA solved the problem. I actually pulled down for 1965. He solved that problem. So I don't think I can patent it. I can patent a modification of it because they didn't do it the way I'm going to do it. But they did suggest in the 1965 article how it could be done better, but they didn't actually do that. So it is patentable, uh, and we're going to do it. We're going to do it for the yeah. air. Well, let me let me let Ken and Janet ask you a question, and then we're going to go to the next hour. So we may do a little minute or two break for a moment to, for a little commercial or something. But in the I meantime, we uh, you, want me, you want me to come back? I'm sorry. Well, you want me yeah, to we got back? another hour. Oh, yeah, wow. we got another hour. We have a whole another hour, of course. But uh, let Ken, uh, because uh, there's a lot of names you've mentioned, and that's great. <laughs> so, uh, Ken, have you got any questions? You used to be a contractor and yeah, contracting with NASA and all of that, but I want to get into the next half of the show on global patents and helping people like yourself So, uh, and tell them how you did your global patent. But, Ken, any questions thus far? Uh and, and Janet, but let's let Ken and then Janet. We'll go to the next half. Go ahead. Yeah, and then uh, kind of um, touch on the fact that NASA had the system working. Now, Apollo 13 had a problem where we had a leakage of the, the hydrogen, and that's where we had the explosion on Apollo 13, where we nearly lost the crew. Uh, was, were they, um, I wasn't working with that uh, piece of hardware, but that was on the command module. So, um, did you um, um Dan, did you work get involved with that at any uh, going back at, no I, did, I I was in law I practiced law for my career I I started in physics in 1962 I'm sorry no, I'm sorry when I was age 62 which was three yeah. years ago three years ago I started my physics career before then I was uh in law for 20 years and my brother was an I, a aerospace engineer at, at the Johnson Space Center in the vacuum chamber, A and B there, but uh, he was also an attorney, 
on our side of the family. So I worked with him a little bit, then gave me a little insight on on the legal uh, aspects of things. But m- mine has been more of let's uh, work with the people who invent it, like yourself, and then I'm the guy that flies it. So you know, uh, I was just curious whether or not the the uh, uh, well the the power generators that we create and used on both the command, and, uh, command modules and the lunar modules, that gave us the electrical power we needed for the systems, and that's why we just barely got them back on Apollo 13. I didn't know whether they would going back in the history and kind of look at that. That's a good question, though. Why, did, why didn't they use that? Why don't they use what they've got versus because they're committed to the oil? Oh, yeah, the oil. Like none, of, none of that technology, none of that technology was, was released even to NASA. None of that. It's only recently being released publicly, or even for NASA to use. That technology wasn't re- wasn't um, released then. Was still a great military secret. All that technology was a great military secret until November 2017. I say it. it NASA well still not using those generators. NASA doesn't have those generators. They're still not using them. They don't even have them yet. No, but. It's still it's still a secret because it's not out public very much. You're, you're doing what you can to get the word out, and that's what we do. But uh, well, you, well, no, no, those generators are out. They're just a small COP, COP of four, COP of eight. It's a very small COP. It's not my level, which is twenty-four thousand. COP of twenty-four thousand is a very high level uh, solid-state generator. It's very powerful. The only ones that have been released in public, Beacon Power, Gaia Energy, Rosh Energy, those are very low COP. They're very, they work, they're good, but they're, they're not NASA level. My generator is NASA level. NASA definitely wants what I have, and they want me to develop different things for them. Um, magnetic energy powered thrusters, magnetic energy powered jets, all kinds of stuff they want me to develop for them. They just didn't want to pay my price, so we're negotiating. Well, all those that they advertise on, they're not the same, right? Yours are big. How big are yours? Are they bigger than the semi, the 18-wheelers we drive on bases? Well, that would be about the, uh, I can fit a gigawatt in that size unit. I can can get a gigawatt of power. One of my units, the size of a tractor-trailer trailer, can, can put out a gigawatt of electricity. That's, that's why that's why it's not that's not why that level is not being released yet. That level will be on military bases first. What the United States military is proposing is that my generators be installed in the Navy base in Saudi Arabia and the Navy base in Kuwait, and then then we do the desalination from the Navy bases, and then we we ship water and electricity to the OPEC countries. We don't let them have the generators. But they're not. They're not oh that, wow! They're not that <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's no, not, no. It's going to come out gradually. It's not going to come, come out. out. It's not going to be out public right away. Right. Janet, it's going to be a long turn. time before it comes. Can you hear me? I, my husband's um was running his um. Uh, smoothie maker. <laughs> yeah, I had to. I had to. I had to mute you, but you're back on. Yeah. Are we taking yeah, a break? Yeah, he's done making it. Yeah, we'll take we'll um, take a break for a moment and come back. But Janet had to ask you a question. Go ahead, Janet, and then we'll take ahead, a break. Um, take a couple of minute break. I was just waiting for my husband to done with the smoothie. When we come back from the break, I'd like to talk about how we can get this out into the population to make an effective change for the planet Earth and all of its peoples. 
and not just keep it in um, military use or secret use, but how we really, because that will free humanity. Right now, and we, and that is a very good question, and we should talk about that after the break. After the break. So that's my question for yeah. after the break. I'm, I'm an old okay. man, and i got to go pee. Okay. Uh, I'll be saying so. Back in a few minutes after okay. the commercial break. Okay, thanks. All okay. Right. All right, thank you, everybody. All right, folks, uh, we're going to let them take a quick break, if you don't mind. And uh, if Ken, are you still here? No, I'm trying to I'm just sit here. Okay, so uh, did you say you were trying to get in? You wanted to talk? Or, Every uh, time calls, I jump in, but I got talked over, so I'm just sitting here being quiet. <laughs> well, uh, all right. Uh, if you'd like to share anything, you can, and I'll put the little break on. Let me let me see if I can get into this, but uh, don't know that it's going to come across. Uh, no. Okay. Well, uh, I guess you got it. Then you'll just do the break for us. <laughs> Ken, what would you like to talk about? I can't bring it in anyway. So. Um, what would you like to share? Because apparently with you working at NASA and I was, you know, in and out of country 80 to 93 myself, but uh, I don't understand a lot of why we're going to keep patents uh, at a certain level, except we look after our financial wealth at various levels. And uh, I believe that's part of it. Uh, Ken, and you work there and you remember we need all those engineering jobs, especially, uh, in the space administration, and we hated to see a lot of jobs go away, which you lived through, and uh, it was very disheartening, you know, to have pe- all these engineers all excited about going out in space. And uh, you had to leave Grumman, didn't you? At uh, what year did you have to? My my father-in-law and my husband. My husband was at NASA, and he had to leave. And Grumman switched uh, my grand- my father-in-law up to. Uh, where you worked in uh, Beth Page Grumman, right? Oh well, was really you want to talk about now. that? Did I'll you go ahead and cover it. Okay, we're gonna. Oh, you're talking cat. Okay, yeah, I want to make. I, I I took a break too. <laughs> yeah. So well, Ken, Ken, do you cat? need a break? <laughs> no, I don't need a break. Yeah, because we're still live. You didn't ask me to answer statements. I'm not. We're live. All right, I'm I'm off. I'm gonna hang up. Can I hear you? Don't, don't, yeah. Don't hang up, Ken. Uh, don't know if Ken thought we were live or not, but he wanted to talk, uh, so he got upset. I think I'm not sure. All right, Jane. Uh, <laughs> I think you're asking if we gave Dan a break. We did. We did. So, and uh, you've had a break. So. Uh, Anyway, Janet, why don't you try to call him real quick, the 505 number, and tell him to come back, that we were just taking a break, but he was live. Can you do that for me? All right. I'm back. Okay, Dan. Great. Yeah, Yeah, now now Ken's on a little break, but Janet's going to check on him for me. So uh, we'll be back in a few minutes, folks, with Janet and Ken. 
So, uh, Dan, if you don't mind, uh, what happened is uh, Dr. Lesson comes home, and he's uh, very regimental. And so he had a smoothie run in the back, and Ken uh, had some kind of interference back and forth and couldn't get on. So he was wanting to talk. He felt like he couldn't get, get in. So he's just taking a break now. So, <laughs> And everybody listened because I couldn't pull the break uh the break commercial up, but that's okay. Guess it wasn't meant to be. So, where you're at right now, uh, let me see if Janet's calling him. Janet, are you calling Ken? Yeah, she is, because I can't hear. All right, so back to everybody. This is uh, our American Communication Online, and we use the acronym ACO, and this is TJ Mars ET Radio, so I'll do my own little commercial. We're back for the second hour with Dan T. Cooper, inventor of California, and he's had at least 20 years in the paralegal business uh, with attorneys of California. And uh, prior, he started at 62 years, roughly three years ago, to work for his own self as he's re- retired in the legal business. But his background was not only in patents, but tell us about this engineering. You have Dan T. Cooper Engineering. So you're, you had electrical engineering or physics or just reading. You're a really good reader. <laughs> How did that work? Crossover, oh, just based on experience. Yeah, yeah. I, I said I said it on my own. I had worked in civil engineering for quite some time uh, before I concentrated on in law. I was working in civil engineering from '89 to '93. I worked in civil engineering as an urban planner. I wrote, I I, I prepared tentative maps and stuff like that. Processed. Uh, 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 environmental. I mean, I wrote environmental impact reports mostly, and I worked with the engineers very closely. I worked in a lot of. I did a lot of hydrology reports, uh, stuff like that, sediment transport reports. I did a lot of that type of engineering work for civil engineering companies till '93, '89 to '93, and then I got into law in '94. Paralegal work from that point on uh, until I retired. At uh, I guess it was 2014. I retired in January 2014. I started my physics career, physics, electrical engineering career. So yeah, I studied on my own, but of course I'd been working in civil engineering and and I and I did electronics technician work for Westinghouse. So it wasn't that hard for me to pick it up. But yeah, you study on your own. You know, once you leave college, you all college teaches you is how to read. But <laughs> basically, yeah, uh, I've been disciplined in one. One and the, or yeah. the other, right? You learn more quantum physics, possibly, or if you want to do journalism, yeah. they'd like you to have a four-year degree. But as an investigator, yeah. you know, I took a little law enforcement, criminal justice, some forensics, English, a little psychology. But uh, I was already working the whole time I was going to college, right? So uh, it just depends on what you need. And then I, my certificates actually – you know, the the government accepted my certificates, you know, in business and personnel information and uh, using weapons and all that. They accepted my certificates, and then I had truck driving on and off bases, experience pulling for the Microsoft, U.S. Treasury, things like that. But I found out that my whole entire life prepared me for, you know, going into communications and doing what we're doing, even though I started on television and radio when I was a child. So yeah. if you're like me, your whole life prepared you to do what you're doing now. Can you help us with global patenting now? Because it sounds pretty heavy, but it's really not, is it? 
you 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 just pay so much to do global patenting because you just did it. So why don't you tell us how no, you no, got no, the, a global patent? The, the, according to the 2014 treaty, uh, the Paris Convention of 2014, anybody that files a provisional patent, the one-year patent, anybody that files a provisional patent, that provisional patent is good all over the world. The grant You're granted a provisional all over the world according to the treaty. So anybody files in any other country a provisional patent, it's good all over the world. Everybody agreed to that. However, you have to turn your provisional within one year from the time that's granted, and mine was granted uh, yesterday, from the uh, my most recent one of my six. That one was granted yesterday. But within a year, you have to file for the non-provisional. But that non-provisional, you have to file in all the five major regional offices if you want to get protection in throughout the world. You have to file in all five of the major regional offices, Japan, uh, the European Union, China, the United States, and uh, what was the fifth? Uh, just skips my mind real quick. Anyway, there are five major regional offices you have to file. Uh, oh, South Korea, I'm sorry. So there are five major regional offices you have to file a patent in to get worldwide protection of your non-provisional 20-year patent. But your grandfathered in for one year when you file a provisional everywhere, no matter what. Wherever you file it, your one-year patent is good in every country. But you only have a year to get it together to, to go for the full-blown. To, to submit for an to, to get into the process. Okay. Right. You want to know more? What yeah, you I'm know? following you. No, that's fine. I just wanted people to know the difference if they file in the United States versus because back in the 89 to 94, when I was working, I had to do that, and I had to file, go over to Europe, and I had to pay attorneys. I had to pay attorneys in Washington, D.C., to do a lot of work, you know, the attorneys out in the field, I guess, if you're not in Washington, D.C., to do the patent searches. So I paid some attorneys in Ohio. I was in Hawaii, so I had to pay them to do all the background checks in Hawaii, in uh, the United States of America. Yeah, Janet, I can hear Sasha. <laughs> I've muted right, you a couple times, have, but you're back on. You still have to do that in all five regional offices. For me I, to take I my not can't my, hear my, me at all. I'm muted. Can you hear me? Hello? I can. Yeah. Yeah, okay. we can hear okay, you. Nice you're the only one me. on here. Okay, because I was muted. You thought before. you were muted? Okay, so I'd mu- uh, I, yeah. Yeah, I was you were muted? You had muted me. You had muted me, I guess. Oh, okay. I heard uh, yeah, about, I put you on and off. Yeah, I was pulling you back to see if it was you or Ken. Yeah. So did you hear Ken? He's not picking up his phone. He's not He's not picking up his phone, so... Sorry, okay, well, he'll take a break. Uh, we'll, All right. We'll have him back we'll next ahead. week, maybe. Um, no, he'll do it tomorrow okay, night. So yeah. we were talking go ahead. about, or he'll do, so we were talking about, uh, before we went on this break, we were talking about, um, what, were they, we talk, what was I saying? <laughs> Dan. We well, he was talking about taking it, helping me go to explain to people the difference because I had to file yeah, in each country. Right. And uh, so, th- he we, talked about we the global patent for a year. Before we went on the break, we were going to talk about um, how we can bring this to the world. How does this go from yeah. something that's used in the secret space program behind the scenes and it never gets passed down to humans and how if this uh, technology and gets out to the world, it, it'll basically free humanity. So just envision that um, energy is free. You know, right away, energy. All energy is free. You don't have to buy gas anymore. You don't have to pay for 
you know, any kind of uh, fossil fuels, the, the planes will run for free, everything will run for free. So that's fine. That's just going to make the rich richer. How do we get it from the rich down to us to free humanity from this corporate economic slavery? So I'm asking Dan, what are your ideas for that? Because otherwise it's like big deal. So what? <laughs> I mean, we won't be uh, – humanity won't really benefit except we won't die from fossil fuels killing the planet. But it doesn't really help us economically. So what are your ideas, Dan? Well, the uh, the, the United States is – you know they're directing the show. As far as I'm concerned, because I'm a U.S. citizen, so I, uh, you know, according to U.S. law, I, I'm not allowed to to serve any other country except the United States. I, the United States owns me by law. The United States owns every inventor that's a U.S. citizen by law. That's the law. Okay. So they own me, and I can, I'm not allowed to invent uh, for anybody else. I can only invent for the United States. So the United States has told me. They want to start with grid-sized generators, but very rapidly they're going to go into uh, generators that uh, – I'm sorry. You have to understand magnetic magnetic free energy is different than 6 force free energy and 7 force free energy. The secret space program bases – we have 100 bases throughout this solar system alone, and we have thousands throughout the galaxy. We have, we have colonies all over the galaxy. Those bases operate on 6th and 7th force um, technology. So the United States, uh, the higher levels of the United States military, they don't have fifth force, which is magnetic energy. They don't have fifth force technology. They haven't made them yet. They never bothered. Well, why are they not doing – why are they skipping over gravity? Why can't they get – because we're just talking the weak and strong force. How do they split it up then? No, the sixth and seventh force – is a completely different kind of energy. You've never, you don't even know. I have to describe it to you and show you. It would take, it's going to take me a while to actually show you what's been disclosed by the military that they exist at all. Just try to understand it's a completely different kind of energy. It's so different from magnetic energy. It, it, it would take me a while to explain it and show you the proofs. Magnetic well, energy. Well, do you have anything on very, gravity? You know, you know gra- anti gravity is the sixth force. Uh, the seventh force is replicators. Replicators are used as seventh force. You reduce matter to energy and then put it back into any other form of matter you want. Replicators are real. They use the seventh force. The portals use the seventh force. Warp 9.8 is because we can get warp 9.8 because of the seventh force. The seventh force is used for a lot of things. Sixth force is used for a lot of things. The... Uh, the, the the scientists in the secret space program and all the bases they don't run on magnetic energy or electricity. They were, they run on equipment that's far more advanced than anything that we have that we're using. We we're, they consider what we operate on electricity and magnetic energy to be quite antiquated. So they didn't sit down and develop any free energy generators using magnetic energy. That's what's being released. That's what the United States is being released. But they don't have them ready to go. And if they have them, they're military-grade, which means they're too expensive. And they're using advanced materials that they don't want to release. So they need people like me to use common materials, common components, to, to, to reinvent, or basically to invent, because they never did it, to invent fifth-force magnetic energy, uh, free energy generators, motors, and engines. It's not just generators. It's motors and engines. So I have a... Uh, thruster, uh, you know, a jet engine for jets. I have turboprops for uh, 
that all go a lot faster than any any gas jet engine. And and I have a, I have magnetic motors uh, for um, um, automobiles. I have magnetic engines for automobiles. And I've I've, I've worked on these and I've designed these. And, and they're not ready to go. And you're going to take a little bit of development. But but until the United States gets behind that, they they say, well, we want to start with grid generators first, and then we'll move into those those very quickly. But they're trying to make they're trying to work up an agreement with China as far as to how this is going to go. And China, you know, I, I don't know how the negotiations are going as far as, you know, China's not too happy because they don't have any engineers that invented this stuff. They're very upset over the fact the United States has the engineers, me and other engineers like me, who are inventing these things, but the Chinese engineers can't. So they're kind of upset because they don't really want to make agreements because then the United States is going to dominate again because they have all the inventors and Chinese don't. So the Chinese are like, well, so they're not yeah. working with faster than the speed of light yet in China. And so they're China, engineers. No. They're, they're brilliant people all over the world, but for some reason yeah. they don't have faster than the speed of light or tiny subatomic particles yet. Uh, so right. I guess China they, they want to take the whole world. You're talking about they want to take the whole world together. China doesn't, have, China doesn't have the six or seven fours. Russia's been working in the six and seven fours. It's just initially China hasn't been, uh, except those people who have been in the program, but they're not allowed to go back and give anything to their government. But they don't even have fifth force free energy generators that are very uh, um, powerful. Nothing like 24,000 over unity, COP at 24,000. They don't have that. They want that. But they realize that, and, and they know that the United States military uh, and that the uh, uh, Super Federation of 60 alien species are only going to allow initially the release of fifth force, magnetic energy, free energy generators, motors, and engines first. And the Chinese don't have any engineers that have invented these things. So they're kind of upset over the fact that the United States does, meaning me and other people like me. They're upset with that because that's why they're not making agreements with us because they don't have the engineers. They want me to come over well, there. Don't they have, come over there are they working on their own, uh, I guess you'd say, uh, experiments? I don't know how you say it. Is each, no, each no, country right now? No, no, no. They no. Don't. really nowhere when it comes to fifth force uh, or sixth force or seventh force. They, they barely – they're just – they're, they're trying to steal as much as they can, but they don't have any engineers that are working in these things themselves that have figured out these things themselves. They're trying to steal what they can. They can't get, they can't get the information. You can't steal six fourths and seven fourths technology because you can't even get to the planets we have them on. Well, are they talking about the speed of light at all to anybody, or no? Is it just you're talking other about, than you're talking uh, about six quantum physics? You're talking about six fourths warp one. They don't know that. They think torsion fields is the way to go, but torsion fields is a roof. It's a dead end that's being intentionally laid. Uh, and their engineers are into it. They're like, oh, yeah, we're going to do it with torsion fields. You can't do it that way. You, you can't. You, you might barely be able to do it that way, but, but, but until you really understand the sixth force, you don't have warp one. So they're going to work on magnetic and vacuum force together and, and, and try to make a torsion field oh, work? They're, 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 they're all into torsion fields and all these other weird things. They're, they're really behind technologically, and the United States is just happier than, you know, a, a pig and, and, you know what, that the Chinese are going in all the wrong directions, technologically speaking. Well, do they have to rewrite the cosmic rules? Because there's the laws of the universe. 
but they're going to have to go out, I guess, omniverse. Uh, how are they going to – they don't even know about traveling faster than the speed of light. Or what about uh, – are no, you they working don't know. They in – No, they don't know warp one. No, they don't know warp one. And they are they working – are they working wormhole technology, portal at all? No, Nothing? no. We, we've, we've taken them through the gates, but we haven't told them. We've taken them through the portals, but we haven't shown them how they work. So, and, are there are there still are there there's still astronauts off working together off planet? Surely they're learning from each country. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're globally. I was hoping you'd don't, go into globally. Don't come back. Any Chinese personnel that have been allowed to enter the program don't get to come back and tell their government any of the technology. That's the rule. They signed the contract. They said they weren't going to do that, and they're not going to do that. With the Germans? No, no Are the Paris Germans, the Nazis. Yeah, go ahead. I don't understand what you're Germans. Saying. Well, no, not well, the Nazi Germans. The, the Nazi Germans are, are – what's the question? What's Let's the say question? the question again. Say the question and don't that, that leave room for someone to answer it. So you're, we're asking what kind of technology. So the Chinese have been to the moon, you're saying, correct? And they're heading to, to Mars. So the rocket, they went to the moon. Yeah, no, they're not So they're going with the rocket Mars. technology. So that's all they have is rocket technology. Yeah. Correct? Yeah, that's it. So is that what you were asking, TJ? But that's not at all. <laughs> We're talking portal we're, we're technology. They don't have it. Well, he the did. don't have it. So who has portal technology? What? Anybody? Who has what? Yeah. Portal technology. Oh, no, the portals Anybody? are... Um, the portals... No, no, nobody has portal. No, no. The portals are, were built by the ancients. Billions of years ago, a billion years ago, there was a race called the Ancient Builder Race. And they built the portals, and it's like Stargate, except it's not a ring. It's it's actually a sphere. And those are real devices, and and uh, Lockheed Martin figured out how they worked. So they didn't tell anybody else how they worked. You can walk through the portal. Why Lockheed Martin, then? What about Lockheed Martin? Did you – well, since you're into you patents, said, why are you saying Lockheed Martin figured it out? Lockheed Martin's team of scientists were the ones who figured out how the portals worked. And you found out that how? Is it on where we can find it in writing that Lockheed did? No, no. No, no, I know that because uh, because of it's Lockheed Martin that's releasing information on the seventh force publicly. They're not saying it's us, but that's who Academy, back to the Academy of Stars and Scientists is. And when Lockheed Martin is telling Tom DeLong. Um, you know, they have a wafer that does this and does that, and we make wafer out in space. That's all true information. Tom doesn't have enough scientific background to understand how those things work, but I do because I because I independently derive the 674, so I know what Lockheed Martin is telling him. And they did some background research on all the people involved uh, in uh, Back to the Academy of Stars, and, and, oh, and they're all Lockheed. you did that. You vetted all, all of them, but... You, yeah, they're, they're other than Lockheed. watching the YouTubes, they're, they're all Lockheed, Lockheed Martin, Martin people. Gotcha. Okay, well, that's good news because that way explain. every layman can go out there. Go ahead, Janet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Explain well, um, yeah, go ahead. Marilyn Hughes. Who's Marilyn Hughes? We don't know who she is. Oh, Marilyn. I love, I love Marilyn. Marilyn Hughes. 
Marilyn Hughes is currently the and I like Lockheed Martin because they actually rewarded people, the actual scientists who discovered the. Marilyn was the one who discovered how the how the portals worked herself, and and they rewarded her. Well, she did a lot of other things since that in the in the secret space program for Lockheed Martin. She did a lot of the things, and they rewarded her. They made her the president, the CEO, and the chairman of the board of Lockheed Martin. In other words, they put a real scientist in charge. So I like that. I like that about Lockheed okay. Martin. I like Marilyn because she wants the she wants the technology released. She was the one that released the video on the sixth force. She was the one that released the information on the seventh force. That's Marilyn Houston. She's my she's my she's my she's my my hero in the in the secret she's space program. She wants she wants the technology released. And and she was uh, with the other two. Uh, what were their names? Boyd, Boyd Bushman and Boyd Bush and Ben, ben Rich. Ben, ben Rich, right. So what was her part with them? Yeah. Explain that to us. Well, she worked with Boyd Bushman and Ben Rich in, in uh, Skunk Works. There you, know. you go. Uh-huh. What, what, they, they did lots of stuff. Oh. They did lots of things. Yeah, that's all we wanted to know. Yeah. How were they involved with each other, with Skunk Works? Okay. Yeah. So that's a little background. Does that make sense to you, TJ? Well, Tom DeLong now, is he not going to get all the rights in Hollywood with his music and his videos? Isn't he going to go forth? He's just working with the people you're talking about. Is that correct or not? Explain that to Tom DeLong. I know who he is, but I'd like you to explain it. Lockheed Martin was trying to set up a public corporation, more than one. Uh, uh, back to the Academy of Stars is only one of the corporations. And they were thinking of filtering down the technology into the public sector, and then they could profit. Lockheed Martin could profit from the technology. But they have, a, they have a lot of problems with that. The major problem they have is the technology that they want to bring down is military-grade. It's too expensive. Uh, for example, the Aurora Pulsar. Do you know what an Aurora Pulsar is? That's no. Why don't you explain it? Are they going to give it to Tom DeLong? No, no, no. They were trying. They're actually collecting donations. Uh, not donations. They're collecting investments. So they want to build an Aurora Pulsar. That ship that they want to build that they show you. That kind of pointing thing on two ends and has a circle of, of light on, underneath it. That's a real ship, by the way. It's called an Aurora Pulsar. McClandish actually has uh, um, a lot of information. Um, Mark McClandish, he has a lot of information on the Aurora Pulsar, which is very accurate information. That's why I know that's an Aurora Pulsar that that Jen, I'm sorry, Marilyn Houston is trying to bring down uh, into the uh, uh, into the public sector. Uh, but it's too expensive, way too expensive. Well, those were were using different uh, engines, weren't they? Pulse wave detonation engines, weren't they? With the correct. Aurora spy plane? Yes. That's correct. Yes. Okay. And that's what she wants to bring down into commercial aircraft. So that's what she has well, in the Academy of Stars. That's what they want to do. They want to build those for commercial aircraft. And that that that, that, that one that you see there, that's really a, that's a Lockheed Martin military grade Aurora Pulsar. Goes eight hundred thousand miles per hour. Maximum speed. I don't Ooh. see it. I don't see it, but where were you telling the people to go oh, look at it? Oh, did they remove it? Did they remove it? It was that. It was that black. I don't know what I don't know what you're talking about versus what I'm talking about, but I was just mentioning it. But d- d- is there a picture that they can go look at 
the people. I'd listening. have to show. I'd have to show Janet. I can't. I can't show you right now. I'd have to show. I'd have to send it to Janet. I thought that was the well, manager on their web page. Off to the Academy of Stars. On what web page? <laughs> oh, I don't know, Janet. Janet. I don't know what. I was. Okay, I well. I'll go look at it. Yeah, we're Post just getting this information. Post wave engines. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, so Lockheed Okay, we can talk it. <laughs> All right, so you're talking about Lockheed Martin, and then uh, and, and and that's good. And, and Tom DeLonge and Academy of the Stars, and them leaking information down to several corporations for soft disclosure to people that are are not accustomed to working in science or engineering or. We'll just say STEM program, science, technology, energy, and math. How's that to cover the whole of the bases? So uh, regarding, well, they're still working with what they've got on the planet, uh, methane or, or gases, right? Turbofans, turbojets, things like that? No, no. An aurora pulsar, I, I will teach you all how an aurora pulsar works, but until you see the photo, on off to the stars uh, website, you, you don't know what I'm talking about. I have to actually show you visuals of what I'm talking about. Otherwise, We're going to do that real soon here. Work. We're going to be doing visuals. Yeah, yeah we need to that. set that up. Yeah. Well, okay. Right. So so there's various types of engines. Yeah. Have you worked with them at all, you personally, or you just know or following Tom DeLong's or Lockheed's work? Are oh, there, have, are there patents? I have one contact in Lockheed Martin. He talks to me sparingly. <laughs> Electrical engineer, very nice guy. Brilliant. Well, good. So they're doing their best to help in the STEM program for the United States of America, science, technology, energy, and math, which we do too. And we also encourage women engineers and the children of today to come forth in, in the high schools to and engineering and math and, of course, physics and astrophysics like Ken Johnston and, you know, administration too. But, uh, okay, so how much can you share? So you think that Tom DeLonge, because he had money and he patented his music or, you know, copyrighted it all and set up his own company, and he went over to Delaware, and then he made one in California, right? So they're going to license and use his, his stuff. And you're saying that the information coming down from the old CIA guys or the old weird desk that used to work in Washington, the old guys that have retired working with him, uh, did you meet any of them by chance? No, I've never met Or talked to any well, of them. I was, work, I was working in law. I, was never, I wasn't working in physics until very recently. Well, now they're so going into really entertainment, know. right? Well, well, we're under educational entertainment. Those are all the board of directors now. All those Lockheed Martin people are all the board of directors of off to the stars. Academy of Arts and Science. Well, well, okay. Now, how do you see foresee what you're doing? Are you going to come out and do more uh, public speaking, not just radio shows, Me? but? And, uh, mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know. It just depends on what's being offered to me. Uh, Janet came to me. I I, uh, I figured I I got to the point where my patents had progressed to the progressed far enough to where now it was time to go public. But I'm not going to be spending a lot of time doing public appearances. But yeah, I'm open for public appearances. Okay, well that's okay. people need to know that. Yeah, because uh, yeah. 
Tom DeLonge is is getting well known, but now there's some controversy over who's who is feeding him information versus Dr. Stephen Greer. Are you familiar with Dr. Stephen Greer's uh, path? Yes, yes, we 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 uh, yes, I know about Stephen. What you, have you what crossed paths? Uh, compared to him mentioning Tom DeLonge in his in one of his uh, contact in the desert videos on YouTube. And he no, I talked about that. Tom DeLonge. Okay, I, I just like your, your data input. Uh, you'll just have to listen to it, and then you could give me uh, your analyst view. On Stephen <laughs> or Tom DeLonge? I, I can give you an opinion Both. on Tom DeLonge and an opinion on Stephen. What do you want to know? I'd appreciate it. An opinion? Well, just that. Give me an opinion on what they're doing and how they're handling their author well, story. Lockheed Martin is using Lockheed Martin likes Tom DeLonge because he doesn't understand what he sees. They can show him things and he can't reverse engineer them because he doesn't have a face. He has he doesn't have the physics acumen to reverse engineer what he sees. And they're using him to promote their um, their their new companies. They have different companies that they're trying to bring down the technology to the public. Now, what about Dr. Stephen Greer? How, how do you follow his author's he's path? Been, he's, he's been, oh, for a long time, he's been trying to, to get the um, United States military to to disclose the, the secret space program and, and the technology. For many, many years, he keeps doing that. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, uh, I'm sorry, he really is doing that. He really is trying to get it done. And he and he has had a yeah, limited amount of success, and uh, you know he, he he'll keep doing it. He still wants to keep doing it, and that's good. But he can't. He well, isn't able to bring up the technology because he doesn't know the technology. He's not a physicist or an or an electrical engineer, and he doesn't have any money on his own in his own rights, and he's not connected up with anybody with money, so he can't personally bring out the technology. Well, thank you for sharing that. Now, you had mentioned Randy Kramer earlier, and I was going to let you yeah. talk. And I, how about Corey Good, Emery Smith? Opinions? Emery Smith was really in the program, and he really did 3,000 autopsies of different aliens. Corey Good was definitely an empath in the program, and almost everything Corey says is absolutely true about what about the program and what and his experiences in the program, so it's very good to listen to him because he really tells quite a lot, gives a lot of information about the reality of what what Secret Space Program is and what's been going on. Corey Good, uh, my understanding is Corey Good was limited to this solar system. He didn't, his uh, work was all involved in the solar system. He didn't get to go out of the solar system. And the same thing with, um, they don't really want you to meet personnel who have been out and about throughout the galaxy yet. Um, like, like with my group, the people I, well, uh, I, 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 that I served with. Um, Randy was a was a um, super soldier, um, a Marine. Um, let's see what the, the Marine Defense Forces, and he also in his last few years uh, was a pilot, and he did. He actually engaged at the Battle of Ganymede, where we chased the uh, Greys out of our solar system. Uh, we took over the Ganymede Gate. Ganymede portal is the portal that goes from this uh, solar system to the next galaxy. It's the galaxy of the galaxy gate, which is why the Greys didn't want to give it up. Uh, and we have that now under our control. We, we chase the Greys out of our solar system. 
And and uh, Randy did engage in that battle. He flew and fought in that battle. So they're talking only he, he at really, a very local level in in this galaxy, Milky Way galaxy. Randy or, only served. Uh, no, no. Randy only served no. in this solar system. Whoa! Really? Yeah. So everybody that's being briefed is only on this solar system. Well, no, they they the speakers only in this solar system. Randy only served in this solar system. He knows of people oh, oh. out of this solar system, but Randy himself was Mars Defense Force, and he served only in this solar system. And, and now there's and controversy. Corey Goodman yeah. only in this solar system, correct? Oh, Corey said he only served in this solar system. So now, where did you serve? Yeah. No, I, no, I, I didn't serve at that. On a cruiser. I served yeah. on a cruiser throughout the galaxy. But that's neither here or there. Randy and Corey know a lot more than I do. I mean, you know, when we were isolated, we didn't get to meet other personnel. We we were in battle, and we didn't we didn't even get to talk to our scientists. We were just warriors. Fought battle. Well, heck, yeah, he's, I don't understand he's because like, uh, he's like Russ Kellich, PJ. Oh, Brett Kellich. Like Russ Kellich. Yeah, Russ Kellich. Russ. Now, yeah, Brett so Shepard, Brett, Brett Shepard's not wait, in no, that, just Russ Shepard. Kellett. Yeah, no, 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 no. Sure. Just Russ, Brett Shepard isn't that level. Russ, Brett Shepard doesn't let go. No, he's another level. Now, we're talking about the people that are that are really in the secret space program. And um, so, that, you know, those local. Are victim level. They're just local. And, you know, the, okay. Right, yeah. And there's people that have well, served yeah, in this galaxy. They've been, allowed, they they've been right. allowed to get a lot of their memories back, and they've associated with a lot of other personnel. I mean, Randy, uh, uh, Randy was allowed to serve at the at the uh, what do they call that um, that space station of, uh, of Saturn where everybody does commerce. Right. And Randy got to serve there, which means he got to meet a lot of people. I didn't get to meet anybody. I all people. Well, I where did you work? Battle with. I fought. I was a, uh, um, a super soldier, and I and I killed people. That's what they had me do. I was a super soldier. But what? I didn't get where? To talk to people. I was doing battle with them uh, throughout the galaxy. This galaxy, um, Milky Way galaxy, because I worked correct. outside the galaxy. Well, I, okay, I've so been where there did you too. Work, but TJ? Mm-hmm. I served. Right. But, uh, I served Universal, and then I answered to, from the Allied Command to the Supreme Allied Command. And they answered what, what you would say. All right, so the Allied Command is uh, galaxy to galaxy. And right. the Supreme Allied, they run the, uh, they use the in and out, uh, you would say, six force. They run that. So the, uh, five, like the five-star generals that serve and all that, they serve, uh, once they're through, the five stars. And that's where Tom was trying to explain, but I don't think people understood it in the past ET radio shows. My husband's passed over. But he's not really because we're immortals. So it's like super soldiers meet uh, Thor and uh, uh, Hercules. And, you know, all, and so it's like... 3D reality meets 5D reality, and Stan Lee knew this, and he was looking for people, you know. So what happened is we worked in the universe. It's a universal level. It's above Milky Way galaxy, and when we worked, and I was out there uh, with, let's say, 
I hate to say uh, names, but Andromeda Galaxy is the place that people use for the closest where it's going to one day be one and the same here. But the people that I worked with were in between universes and then the multi and the meta and on up to the omniverse. But remember, there's six and seventh above the omniverse. So most people can't even grasp that yet. So this is low-level intel and that Corey and Emery and all of them were using. And so after, uh, I guess, where you were working, the uh, universal, we had to use wormhole technology, but we steered clear of the black holes. And when I wrote a paper back in that was accepted inside cyberspace, China picked it up and put it in their university. So I'm cited uh, for starting the dot theory based on the fact that, you know, you start have to start somewhere. So that's how I got into the Internet, cyberspace, and then writing for UFO Digest. But I was writing different levels of my ego. So I had the uh, commander level with Tom for UFO Digest, and I was talking quantum physics and the theory of everything at uh, – I don't even know what level because – they don't. China picked it up faster than anybody else did. But the dot theory, I guess that would be on the planet, they call it. Well, it's in cosmology. I don't know. I wrote knowing cosmology. So basically, uh, there's still a lot more to come. But uh, remember when uh, Alfred interviewed me and then took it down because of Jim Mars and coming out with the Kennedy story and all of that? But he's staying in contact with me under the UFO secret space and all the stuff I'm doing under Ufology 101. So he wants to be involved in the omniverse level, Janet, with uh, how Mm -hmm. to explain energy. So I don't know how Dan's going to help us. But, Dan, what you can help us do is I can help at the higher levels than where you've worked. But universally, people just still don't understand wormhole technology. And you're talking – uh, with people still 3D reality here, and uh, yes, we're dealing with uh, what we, yeah, yeah. So what we're doing is trying to help people understand how all of this works. And and I did understand about Tesla and Einstein, I really did. But uh, where you're bringing in wormhole technology, and uh, some of the wormholes in at our level was we were trying to explain to people that we could know where they were going to generate in uh, what you call it's manifesting, but they will, they will shut down. So they, they cut some of our ships, some of, some of our huge ships that go in and out of the wormholes, wormholes it's shut down. And, and when they start shutting down, they would tear up some of the, some of the uh, craft. <laughs> I don't know any other way to say it, craft. So uh, you say like how in, do you say in it? the wormhole they get stuck in the wormhole yeah, and break apart. Is that what you're saying? No, they shut. It starts collapsing. We know where they're going to be according to what we use, but we don't know how long they're going to stay open. So uh, this uh-huh. is, was one of the problems. And then the other thing was uh, the virtual reality. And so the only the government will only let us talk in educational entertainment in what's called LARP, or live-action role-play. Uh, so that's why Dan was important, to come on and get the education. But now I know what level he's in, so I can talk to him uh, about faster than the speed of light and wormhole technology. But, you know, there's detonation waves, too. And, uh, you know, right now they're just working on the forces and trying to understand gravity. 
here. That's where this planet is. Is Dan? Isn't that what you understand? No, I, I'm uh, I'm more I'm more involved. You, you know, as far as the technology that I'm involved in, it's what's going to be released. We call it, we call it the transitional technologies that are going to be what's going to be released to the public is what I'm involved in. I know of the other stuff because I've I've reinvented it. I've re- rediscovered it. I know about the higher levels of technology, even the eight force, by the way. But I don't work in those forces because that's not what's going to be released over the next over the rest of my over the next thirty, fifty years. What's going what's what's going to be released to the public over the next from now to the next fifty years is what I'm involved in, that level of technology, the transitional technology. That's what I'm personally working in. Well, what level of, of space are you working in? Are you working in Mach five or where no, no, how no, are you no, helping no. this what reality? Do know, what do I know? I know I know Mach nine point eight, I know all the way up to ten, I know Temple Drive, I know you know, portal uh, uh, uh portal technology, I know all that stuff because I reinvented well, it. Well when you say you but know portal technology Okay. But what portal I know how the portal Wait, what finish the sentence. He knows you know portal technology. What does that mean? I know how they work. It means you I know, know how, how the portals work. Yeah, I also know how to build a nine point eight uh, uh, warp 9.8 chip, but I don't do that. That's not what I'm doing. What I'm doing is I'm working on the technology that's going to be released to the public. Right. I'm not interested so in we're that. Doing the first step. We're doing the first step. Yeah, he's not interested in, in what I do. He's he's well, just starting at the. In this right. reality, because we're we're look we're interested in or I'm interested I'll speak for myself in getting this uh, this reality change from this poverty level where you know most of the planet's in in slavery corporate economic slavery and we're you know living on the street in the elements and starving to death I, I'm interested in uploading humanity we're, you know start looking at it start hearing about it well you already talked to Lewis Spencer. Lewis had Lewis Spencer had a uh 3D reality on uh working in 43 to 47, didn't he? With the I don't uh, remember what uh what you're talking Grace about Lewis Spencer. And, right? No, no, I'll, I'll uh, Lawrence, Lawrence Spencer, Lawrence Spencer and his story. Well, Lawrence also was have the story from the the nurse at the Roswell crash. And you have the Roswell information if you ever you know, we want to reveal that because you work well, with crap. Well, a lot of our authors, those, that's, that's how we, all right. Well, so, well, those are just stories that are information for, like, exactly. uh, guests or Galaxy Universe's shuttles. But those go from no, Galaxy, but those stay people. in the Galaxy. They stay okay, in this so Galaxy. They that's stay a shuttle. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, from from here, the stratosphere, right? They they mm-hmm. uh, they use more uh, the same thing out in space. <laughs> they use uh, what he's talking about. Let me put it that way. But uh, it goes back up. The the small shuttles go up in uh, to the ships that are outside in this in this in this area. And you leave, and you go up to the main ships. So they can only carry you that so far, right? And that's where we have the, the uh, 15 seconds 
that people were talking about back in Bill and Barney, uh, the police officer, all those people on the planet, right? So what no, we have to get is... 15 a, a, seconds. What's, what's the 15 seconds? What do you mean by that? Uh, that okay, when you leave the... It's like what Einstein... Uh, you're going to get me real complicated. It's when you leave and you lose time. It, it's like uh, faster than the speed of light. When When... Life here changes when you leave this planet out into the into space, and you lose time because time doesn't exist in space. You, it gets real complicated. That's why I was trying to get involved with people in uh, time travel. That Stuart Anderson, remember in India, all that, so we could explain it to people. No, because um, um, you're losing. Okay. Well, okay, we don't have time to go into all that. Are, but let's just. Well, we have ten minutes. It could be fourteen. Uh, I forgot. When we're missing time, we can't explain it. I don't remember. It's 12 to 14. No, it's seconds. We can't put back the seconds. Okay, seconds. It's missing. So that was my Aerocop time travel people. Okay, that's Mm -hmm. that's a whole different. That's a whole different. I don't know. That's why I want Dan involved. Dan somehow has learned to take what I do. And be a translator. So uh, he can help me because I can talk to higher. Have you worked in the time travel aspect at all, Dan? Uh, <clears throat> yes. Okay, well, you help me. The, the, the portals, the portals are time. They use time travel technology. The portal, the portals, the ancient builder race built the gates. They're portals. The portals take advantage of uh, um, wormholes that are permanent. The wormholes mm-hmm. that. Teresa was talking about the ones that appear here and there. We can actually calculate where they're going to appear and where they're going to appear, and we can take advantage of them. That's a different that, – that actually takes shipboard technology. That, uh, and yeah, that's what all of our there you have. go. Yeah, okay. See, I can explain all your Thank stuff. Thank you. We invented all that stuff. But the, but the technology that I actually personally sit down and work on is what we're, is what's going to be allowed to be released by the United States government, the United States military, what they're allowing to be released to the public. That's what I work on. It's called the transition technology. Transition okay, so you're not working with Tom DeLong. No, no. Okay, so what about no, kinetic no, I'm energy? Not, I'm not working with Lockheed Martin. I'm not working with Lockheed Martin. Marilyn would love to have me, but she's not offering me enough money. I'm not working with All right. So if we're talking about workforce and life force and basically energy change, uh, can you help me? How are we going to tell them how it applies outside of this universe? Because they're just now getting speakers talking about uh, this local uh, solar system. So uh, are you going to help with the gravitation? Yes. Abbreviated force energy. All right, so with the kinetic energy and life force, that's still the theory of everything is still uh, – they're basically said they've got CERN, right? And all they're doing is making smaller uh, – I don't know what you'd say – experiments because right now they're looking at uh, photons. That's it, They haven't got past photons yet, right? That's the seventh force? Correct. You know what I'm talking Correct. about? CERN, doesn't, All right. CERN, doesn't, All right. CERN is not aware of the six or seven forces. CERN is not aware of the six and seven forces or wormholes. When will they? Uh, I don't Are know. Are you going to help? I, if they ask me to, I'll help them along. Right now I have some scientists who 
are uh, not in the U.S. military who are starting to ask me, Dan, do you know how to fix the Force Works? And I go, yeah. And then I show them a little bit. And they go, oh, my God, I can't believe it. You know how to do that. And everybody's been leading me in the wrong direction. But I have to ask permission from the U.S. military um, to work with certain people. And they do have some scientists. They want me to work with some brilliant kids, some very young guys that are absolutely brilliant. Uh, but i got to get permission to do that. You know, I, I, I don't, you know, I know the protocol. They are going to allow me to Are they going to... Are they going to let you? Well, that's what that guy that Janet brought on here, Graham Hancock. Was that it, Gigi? Which, I mean, uh, no, no, Janet. Which Grant, one wanted me to Grant, teach him? Grant Cameron wants to know about the Stargates, and so but he wanted, I'll, I'll get yeah. back to him. So we're going to talk to him about the Stargates, but he wants to really go through one. Is it possible to go through a Stargate? Here as a 3D hey, person on human Earth. Let me just finish that with Dan. Can mm-hmm. can a can a human being go through a Stargate and come out on you know escape? Yes, the gates are the gates are on all the gates were put by the ancients on all mm-hmm. the habitable planets in our galaxy and in other galaxies, by the way. But the gate system, um, except for the Ganymede again, the Ganymede gate is from galaxy to galaxy. And it's the only gate in our solar system that is from galaxy to galaxy, the Ganymede Gate. Uh, I don't know what it was called. On this planet, the other <laughs> gates that are on this planet, they call them portals or arches. The ancients called them arches. We like to call them, in the secret space program, the personnel in the secret space program like to call them portals. They don't like to call them gates. They're not rings. The, that was the Stargate's way of, of yeah, presenting they them. Yeah, they, they could they couldn't. They can't present a sphere, but you actually step inside of a sphere, and then I, I won't go into exactly how they work right now. But I, right. But I, I know the details of how they work. But but those are permanent wormholes from all the habitable planets. And so yes, when you. Well, step why are they calling the it Ganymede? Planet, no, that was the just Ganymede, name of that. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I have a Ganymede question. Before we run out of time. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Well, my question is, when I uh, when I was a kid, I would see something open up in my backyard, and this beam would step through. It wasn't like the the, the gates or anything like that. It was just, um, it was almost like the, it was kind of like the effect they have in Stargate. We're, we're kind of watery, but they, you know, the whole um, the yard would change, and the and the air would change, the energy would change, and like it feel like shift, and then this um, reptilian being stepped through it, and then I was ending up interacting with this reptilian being, which I recovered years later what it was, but at the time, my memory blocked it because it was too frightening, because I'm, you know, I'm a human being, and I'm dealing with this reality, and all of a sudden, I'm being in another reality, facing this reptilian being, and it it steps right through my neighbor's backyard, and and I'm dealing with it. What is that? That ship to surface that transport. Ship to transporter. That's a transporter beam. Ship to surface. That's transporter yeah, that's, beam. Yeah, okay. that makes more that makes more sense. But what were they opening up in New Jersey, and uh, some of those corporations up there got involved back during? Not Let's it was after Tesla. Is it, what, what was the, what was Bob It makes a, it's like a cloud. It's like a misty white cloud. We don't know what to call all of these things. It's the ones that Tommy worked on and uh, up in New Jersey, and they flooded the whole town when the UFOs were seen. And we Tesla, don't know that do you know about that, Dan? Here. No. Well, anyway, I'd okay. I'd have, I'd have to read through it to explain it to you. 
right. it's not the opening. Yeah. That's local stuff. Is that yeah. written all right, so in the we, TJ article? Is that written yeah, it's all over the place. It? Would you send yeah, us it's all over for the that place. We'll review for our future show? If you could send uh, us it, a link for it, that, we'll, we'll look at it for the future show. But one more question. We have like three minutes left. Um, so Montauk, what technology was that? Are you aware of the Montauk project? That's what I was talking mm-hmm. about. That was what I was talking That's about. a different thing. Now, they New had a Jersey. chair. Do you, are you aware of the Montauk? Oh, you're talking well, about. Okay. Experiment. What was Philadelphia experiment, Dan? What technology was that? Uh, yeah, that that would take me more than three minutes to explain time travel experiments. Okay. Okay, we'll have to do the future show. So yeah, that's a quite a long explanation of, of how that works and what they were doing. Uh, that is the technology that we use to, to uh, do our 20 and back service. Oh, okay. So we, we'll tie we that into the 20 it's, back. It's perfected. Good, good. So you, can you help? I talk to, um, Go ahead. I'm sorry. I've talked to, I've talked to uh, Stuart Swerdlow at great length about the Montauk Project. So we'll have to have you on with Stuart sometime. Okay, I guess uh, we have two minutes. you want to wrap it up, TJ? Yeah, Ken wanted to tell everybody that he apologizes. His battery went out and that he sent you a chat and to tell Dan. Dan, he didn't. He, he wasn't being disrespectful or... He says that, uh, anyway, that his battery, he had another one charged up, but he just, yeah. So, folks, he's, he was tired, he's, and he said he'll see us tomorrow night. So that's that's what happened there, if everybody just knows that we we love Ken, and he'll be back tomorrow night. And, Dan, I would definitely like, like to work with you on helping me with the taxonomy and the epistemology, if you don't mind. Since you're writing patterns. I don't know. I will have to yeah. talk about that. We'll see. I remember I'm, inv- I'm, in, I'm involved in inventing. So we'll see. We'll see. Oh yeah. Oh oh yeah. I forgot. You, you'll want to make money off of it. <laughs> well, I've already had that with a lot of people over the years, especially with government people, engineering, and then I'll need to find out that once they get to know me, the government comes around and says, no no no. <laughs> so we'll talk about it. But Dan, just so we can get you, there's a whole bunch of Dan Coopers. So I really need people to know how to get you on Facebook and free social media. We have UFO Secret Space, Dan, if you would like to contribute. That's free open source commons, okay, to the open source people. If you want to get yourself out there other than D.B. Cooper. So, folks, we'll talk about that later. D.B. Cooper versus Dan T. Oh, that's why why you keep emphasizing the the T. Now I know why you emphasize the T. (laughs) D.B. Yeah, D.B. Cooper still in the jet thingy or whatever. No, no, I'm I'm D.T. Daniel Trent. That's why you keep emphasizing the T, the Trent. That's That's right, Daniel Trent. That's right. Very smart of you. Okay, folks, love and light. Dan, are you going to come back some time and help us? I think I'm scheduled with uh, uh, Janet on the 23rd yeah, gonna, already. But... Yeah, we'll be on Twitter. Okay. This is another show, Dan. I'll help you with the schedule, so we'll, we'll uh, I'll talk to you later. But uh, thank oh, okay. you very much for coming on today, and we're going to have Dan back. Cause I know Dan has to go invent, so we got to not intrude too much in his <laughs> life. He has, he has to get this stuff invented. But periodically we're going to have Dan on our various shows and and we're going to get this story out to everybody. So thank you. All right. Well, remember the different levels. 
and and we'll talk get okay. Dan. Maybe he can help with taxonomy. Thanks, Dan. But give me a call or email sometime on the side when you're not doing a radio show. We'll talk. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay, Love and light, you. everybody. Thank you, everybody. Enjoyed it. Look forward to seeing you. All right. Love and light. See y'all on Facebook, everybody. Look for us, and we're going to do a conference uh, in Gulf Breeze, and I'm going to introduce this stuff January 12, 2019. So we're getting you there. It's just long, slow process. All right. Thank you, everybody. I've got to find the find how to get off of this thing now. It's local. Meaning in this solar system, Janet, you can't do it. You're not running the board, so it has to be me. I'm done not it. running the board. Okay, I get I so lost in this three D stuff. Log off. I'm trying. I'm trying to find it. Uh, okay. Well, I guess we'll. I'll just hang up. I guess, Janet. All right. Love and light, everybody. We'll see you. See you in cyberspace. Okay, Janet. Bye bye. Uh, just hang okay. up. Bye-bye. Aloha. Bye bye. Okay. Aloha. Bye bye.